Greetings, programs and users. It is time once again for another episode of Old Nerds Drinking. I am John Patrick, the Master Control Program, and here with me today, we have not one, but two guests. Go ahead and sound off. Um, this is Rochin. We're recording remote on location from, well, you're, you're at your house, I'm at my house, and then we got the other guy here who's recording from his house because I'm recording a new recording rig. Yeah. <laughs> Tom. Tom, if you can hear us, say something. Yeah, I, I, I can hear you. I'm, I'm just agreeing with everything that Rose said. <laughs> it, it is a uh, triforce of nerds today. Trifecta, triforce. And we are old nerds, and we are drinking. I actually went for like the most basic bitch of all cocktail drinks today because I just didn't feel like pulling out anything special. So I'm doing a uh, rum and coke with a little bit of lime for the traditional Cuba Libre. Uh, Rojan, what are you drinking? I am going even further down the bitch rabbit hole, and I am drinking a Long Island iced tea. Um, yeah, so deal with it, yo. It'll get you drunk. <laughs> get you fucked up. I, myself, uh, I guess I'm the only one who's drinking beer. I've got the hazelnut variety of KBS from Founders. Mm, very How nice. How is that? You know what? It I was kind of hesitant because some of the KBSs that they put out have been funky at best, but this one's damn good. Mm. It's really hit or miss with KBS beers. Um, it's like you said, they're either really good or really bad. God, what was the last KBS I had? Was it the coffee that they made? Was it a vanilla? Did they make a vanilla coffee stout? It was vanilla and cinnamon, and I think they also threw in some extra coffee, and that was awful. Yeah, yeah, that sounds it like a little. Good. That sounds like they've gone a little too far down the bitter rabbit hole. Yeah, there was just too damn much going on. I who makes really weird beers. What's the uh, Rogue? Is it Old Rogue or what's the name of the company? It's something Rogue, and they always I come. Think, up... Yeah, I think it is Old Rogue. They do like bacon stouts and just really fucked up flavors that you see them in the store, and you're like, "Do I really want to try this?" And if you're a person of low intelligence in regards to beer like myself, you do. And then you go, this is really, really bad. Why did I buy this? <laughs> and then they come up with something else and you end up buying it later. I think I'm to the point now where I no longer buy rogue beers and they look fucked up. I'm not even sure if they're around anymore. I can't recall seeing them in a little bit. I had a uh, family party at my house about two weeks ago. And I, I was going to have a beer because I thought somebody had left some grapefruit Hepaweizen in my fridge because I yeah um let's see who is it lining kugel does a grapefruit shandy it's actually really good uh then I discovered after the first step no in fact it was a grapefruit IPA and it was disgusting oh, oh yeah yep uh, that one that one went straight down the drain and uh god only knows how long that beer will sit in my fridge until some poor unfortunate soul drinks it I might come over and try it just just to verify the disgustingness of the beer. Oh, well, I mean, Rojan will try you know, anything. Ro will try anything once. You know what? If I will have beer literally made with pig bones, I'll try anything. You've uh, had beer made with pig bones? Yes, I have. Up at uh, Right Brain. I went to their tap room in Traverse City, which is an awesome fucking tap room. If you're into, you know, arcade games, pinball games, and Star Wars, you got to go there. They are known for having some outlandish flavors. I can't remember the exact name. It was called like Slow Bones or something weird like that, where they have 
it, they'd literally throw in pig bones into the work. Mm. And I was expecting it to just be smoky and almost a little greasy. I expected to have like an oil slick on the top of my glass, but it just tasted like a smoked porter. Hmm. There's a uh, there's a local brew house down here, and they make they call it Java Joe's, which is in honor of uh, one of the original coffee houses that cropped up in my city in the '90s. So I was there one time with friends, and I was like, oh, well, I mean, I'll try it. It's probably a porter or something. And they give me the glass, and it's a blonde. And I'm like, wait. I've had, like, blondes and lagers that are made with uh, coffee. They're weird. It's like I'm tasting it, and I'm getting the coffee notes in it. It's not terrible. It's, like, a good balance. But, like, my brain just will not reconcile with the fact that this is not a dark beer. It's a blonde. There's just wrongness. There's a disconnect in there at some point. I think Atwater did something like that for a little while, too. God, I swear I that think they did. I think they did. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't bad, from what I remember. Who it was? It was like uh, Fat Tire, whoever it was. Oh, they, Fat Tire. They, they partnered up with uh, Ben and Jerry's a couple of years ago and had a chocolate chip cookie dough lager. That's... And it was as awful as it sounds. I was just yeah, about to say, it. like, everything about that just sounds terrible. It was an experience, and now I can honestly say I've had beer and ice cream. Getting punched in the dick is an experience, but it's not one I want to try. <laughs> Here, you know try what? This. Get what is it? It's punched in the dick ale. Get enough KBSs in me and the right group of friends. I can't make any promises. Anyways, um, where are we going to start at tonight, John? What's uh, What are we going with first? I think we should uh, open up with the freshest of the fresh media, since uh, we just got our first two episodes of Star Wars Stories Obi-Wan Kenobi. Should we do the stereotypical, this will be a spoiler warning, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers, lots of spoilers? At this point, they've been out for a week. There's no excuse if you haven't seen it. We live in the streaming world. You get 24 hours on a TV show to see it and not spoil it. At that point, like movies, you get a week. TV shows, you get 24 hours. After that... Fire beware. Yeah. It's yep. like, if you care about it enough not to want it to be spoiled, you should have watched it in that window. Or maybe you shouldn't be listening to a show called Old Nerds Drinking. That too. Either way, there, there has been warnings that spoilers are on the way now. So... At this point, the blinders are off. So I have to admit, I was kind of, I don't want to say nervous about this show, but that's the only word I can really think of to describe how I felt going into it. Because I just had a bad feeling this was going to be, at best, divisive. At worst, it was going to suck ass. I always am nervous with any property where they try to do this. There's a set period of time where... It was a, like a, a gap in, in the established canon, and they're trying to fill in that gap. Because you have to mm -hmm. walk a tightrope, especially in Star Wars, because now that Disney owns it, it's very well established what is canon and what isn't. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay, we have to do this, but we can't break continuity of what's already been done. In Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, Anakin Skywalker sees General Grievous and said, oh... You're uh, taller than I thought you would be, meaning he'd never seen General Grievous before. 
However, the Clone Wars animated series was still going, and they had to write the entire series around the fact that Anakin mm -hmm. could never meet General Grievous because it was established in uh, Revenge of the Sith that he had never met him up until that point. So then, okay. so yeah, now now that you know that, rewatch Clone Wars and like all the hurdles they jump through to have it, so they never actually see each other because they've got this pre-established fateful meeting. You and, know what though? I respect that dedication to detail <clears throat> and to keeping it going. Right, but that's what going into this—that's the trepidation I have—is like okay, they're shoehorned into, they have a pre a pre-plot point and an end plot point of what's going to happen. And they've got to try and get this plot in without fucking up any of the existing canon. I don't think, I'm not sure that that will be entirely possible because you already have a situation where he's out rescuing Leia, which I remember before it even started, I'm looking at my wife and I'm like, he, this cannot be about Luke Skywalker. That's too obvious. There's gotta be something else going on here. So what else are they going to do? And very quickly, we're like, that's Leia. Um, but you have a situation where Leia's running around the galaxy with with old man Ben. Not quite old man Ben. But then it pops up later where they meet up again in Star Wars. And she doesn't act like she knows this old man who rescued her when she was a child. So I don't think they actually met. No. They? Leia never meets Obi-Wan. She's in the cell well, Obi-Wan's going around the Death Star. Yeah, and the first, the tractor beam, I yeah, thought. the first time she sees Ben is where they're running to the Millennium Falcon and he's fighting and Darth Vader. Sees the lightsaber. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad I'm wrong in that situation then. Mm -hmm. um, but it also does add a little bit of a wrinkle uh, to her SOS that she hid inside of R2. No, mm -hmm. not really, because when you think about it, it actually makes it more canon, because no, now no, no, she I, has a... Yeah, that's, she, that's what the wrinkle is. Yeah, she has a direct connection to Kenobi as to why she would be the one to go to him, and then puts the message of, you know, many years ago you served my father in the Clone Wars, and we desperately need you now. Um, it would it makes sense why she's the one to reach out to him. Mm -hmm. No, Absolutely. Either way, I mean, I'm not going to be like, oh, they missed up this minor detail, and, uh, b -b 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 -b, you know, I'm not. Um, oh, you must not be a Star Wars fan. Well, I got to be real careful with what I say about Star Wars, or John will ban or drop the band <laughs> clamp. Okay, I go, all, right, I'm all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We're going to establish this right now. I'm not going to. Roe cannot mention Kathleen Kennedy. Can I'm not. Nope, not, nope, that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I am done with all of that, actually. That is a topic I will never bring up ever again. And every time Rojan brings up the word course correct, we all have to drink. That's not going to happen oh, again fuck. either. That's <laughs> not going to happen again either. Oh, I, no, I, I, all of the things that you are that you get freaked out about me bitching about Star Wars, I am no longer going to do. I well, saw a fantastic meme that said, Star Wars is like a buffet. You may not like everything on the buffet, but you can go and eat the things from the buffet that you like and just not eat what you don't like. Well, and that is very much how I view the whole Star Wars universe. Well, no, uh, I was going to say, what I've said is, 
It's just there was one particular argument you always made, and you made that same argument so many times, I had to start editing it out because we've already heard it. Um, I will never make make said arguments again. A, because I know you will edit them out, and B, it's just kind of, it's beating a dead horse at this point. Yeah, and and the other one is just... And the other one is uh, you saying course correct is just like one of your tropes. That, that it's a word. Yeah, but I haven't done that in a long time. Have oh, I? dude, no. you have. I haven't. I have not. You did it in <laughs> the. Mean that I can bitch about Kathleen Kennedy then. Well, it's it's, it's a point. Well, she's not running that much of it anymore, so it doesn't matter. It's you know, it's a point. It's I I, I only okay. care. What is your source for she's not running that much of it anymore? I'm not going into any of this. We're not having discussion. I'm not falling for your trap. It's a trap. No, 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 no. So, like, when I watched Boba, going back to the original crux of the argument, when I watched Boba Fett, I wasn't super happy with Boba Fett. But you know what? Oh, well. You know, it's not that big of a deal to me. Uh, I was still happy to get the content. I loved it. I love that these shows give us enough stuff that we love and then just like a couple of things that are just outright there that we can totally make fun of yes. and and meme about and it's okay. So it's like, yeah, yeah exactly. we, we liked Boba Fett, but then we got the world's worst speeder chase and we made memes about it and it was great. And when season two of Boba Fett comes on, I'm still going to watch it. I'm I'm gonna watch anything Star Wars. Well, almost anything Star Wars. I was just about that to say, comes. does does that mean we're doing a cinema labad of Caravan of Courage? No. You know what? I tried to convince my buddy Jake to watch the Ewoks. Oh he, man. Yeah, it's the only time I've ever seen him refuse to watch Star Wars. And I got him to watch the goddamn Christmas special. Oh dude, he watched the Christmas special, but he won't watch Caravan of Courage? Oh, man, I'm declaring shenanigans on that one, because the Christmas special is arguably way worse than Ewok's Caravan of Courage. I would say it's objectively the worst piece of Star Wars media ever, but you can I still don't have know. I would have to say that the Star Wars Christmas special is the worst piece of Star Wars ever. Um, I, would yeah. ar- I would argue that the Star Wars Lego Christmas special is the worst bit of Star Wars cinema ever. Um, I've never yeah, watched it, so I'm... I, I've watched it, but you know what? It was aimed at little, little kids. So I, I'm going to give that a pass. Same. Same. Yeah. You can tell the target market audience for that without a problem. And it's not me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, all right, I see what you're doing here. I get it. I understand. You know, like the Ewok movie doesn't bother me because that was made for little kids. So, and specifically, that was made specifically for me. The generation that was like just a little bit too young for Star Wars, and they wanted to continue, like, just caught Star Wars when it was on cable. And it's like, well, hey, these kids are just finding Star Wars. Let's make some more Star Wars for them. The thing is, I remember watching Caravan of Courage when it was brand new. Oh, same, same. Six maybe seven and even back then i realized what a steaming pile of shit it was well yeah because i mean it's like wait a minute where's the jedi where's where's han solo where's like it's just the fucking ewoks the ewoks were arguably the worst part of return of the jedi and you made a whole movie about them so okay obi-wan kenobi you know what it's not bad but it's on i'm not as impressed with it as i had hoped that i would be i don't know if i'm becoming that guy but i am not 
upset about it enough to go on a rant bitching about it, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what this show is going to do, it's not so much about... Because that's, that's the problem that we have with this prequel kind of stuff. Is Luke Skywalker going to die? No, we know he's not going to die. We know Princess Leia's not going to die. We know that no matter what, Ben Kenobi is going to make it back to Tatooine. Because we know where he ends up. So right there, there was a scene that happened recently. And even when this all went down in the episode, I was kind of like, meh. You know, and I should be much more excited about it. But I'm just not as excited about it as I had hoped that I would be. However, that does not mean that I'm not glad that I didn't get it. Um, Maybe I'm just getting to a point where I'm starting to become spoiled by all of this Star Wars and Marvel and stuff that for for a long time we just didn't have, you know? I remember, God, 12 years ago now, 12 plus years ago, when Lucas was originally going to make the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Like, this, this has been in the works for a long, 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 long time. Um, even before Disney bought Star Wars. So I was like, sweet, sweet we're going to get this. Hayden Christensen's coming back. You know, the gang's back, the band's back together again. We're going to have their, you know, there's there's moments in the show that I should be looking forward to. Like, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi realizes that Anakin is still alive and stuff. It's just falling a little flat for me. But not enough to where I'm going to go, like everybody else is doing keyboard warriors, and go on the internet and bitch about it. Because apparently... That one actress, the one that plays the Inquisitor, she's getting a lot of shit. Yeah, uh, she is. So much to the point that Ewan McGregor even went on and did a TikTok saying, hey, stop with the racism. Stop picking on this chick. Leave her alone. She's a good actor. If you're going to be this way, don't watch Star Wars. I don't want yeah. you a part of this. Way to live down to your reputation, Star Wars fans. Oh, I know. Exactly. When this happened before, you had it happen in the last series of movies with um, what's her name, the the Asian person. I can't remember her name is. I don't um, remember Marie the Marie Tran. I think Marie Tran. Yeah. yeah, and it's she, I don't even know why there was so much hate for her as a person because it's like you know it's not her fault. Exactly. She, she was you given know, the script. She, she took she, a job. Yeah, she took a job. And who wouldn't take she a job? She did it to Star the best Wars. of her abilities. So offers you a Star Wars role, you take it. Uh, <laughs> you you want to blame somebody? You blame the director and you blame the screenwriter. Back to uh, back to your know. point about Obi Wan though. When I you know first sat down to watch it, I'm thinking, okay, there's not going to be a lot of suspense in this for the same reasons that you just listed. Mm-hmm. I know Obi Wan's not going to die. I know Leia's not going to die. You know, where's the suspense? But as I started watching it, I'm thinking, I kind of want to see how he went from this utterly broken, defeated man to the person who's like, all right, once this kid's old enough, I'm scooping it up. We're going to get off this planet. We're going to fuck shit up. We're going on an adventure. How does he get from A to B is what I'm really interested in. I think. Go ahead. I think, yeah, th- that's kind of where I'm at, too, is I want to see the personal journey of Obi-Wan. I like where the plot is going. It's showing him and, like, the moment where the Inquisitor mentions that or, like, tells him that, oh, yeah, Anakin's alive and he really wants to see you. Uh, and just that look on his face when he... I was re- going to say, you and McGregor just sold the out of that yeah just going through all the emotions of like sadness and horror and just anger all at the same time of like oh fuck we got to do this we're, we're gonna have to like have a throwdown we're gonna have to have a rematch is he going after anakin to try and save him is he going after anakin to try and finish him 
Or is he just going to run the fuck away and try to fall back into a hole where Anakin can't find him? I can answer that, but I'm not going to because you guys haven't seen the third episode yet. But I will say that scene for me had a lot of gravity to it because it very much, and I think it was meant to do this, it very much mirrored the scene in Return of the Jedi when Luke is on the on the second Death Star. Oh, yeah. Just walking around saying, like, you know, your feelings betray you and your sister. And Luke is just hiding behind a thing, and you can see Luke's face with all the emotions going across his face. That was very much a direct callback to mm. Return of the Jedi. And I will say that the Disney shows do little nods like that. They they do. Um, there's this thing that Lucas had where the movies, excuse me, the movies shouldn't repeat, but they should rhyme. And these people are still doing. They're paying homage to those kinds of things. And you're seeing you see lots of these little things pop up in all of these and all of these Disney Plus Star Wars shows, where in little ways they're paying respects to certain scenes and they're kind of emulating what those scenes were. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there watching, I'm like, this is, this is, I don't want to call it a, a ripoff of Return of the Jedi, but they're very giving, they're, they're giving a nice subtle nod to that. And one of the other things that I've noticed in this show is that they make references to Jedi's surviving Order 66. Right. And I think what this show also is doing is it's setting up stuff for in the future. So they've they've said several times that Jedi survived and Jedi are in hiding and there's lots more Jedi out there and what happens to the young kids when they get captured and things like that. So these are what they're doing is they're laying groundwork for stuff to come later on down the road in other shows. Mm-hmm. So I think that's more also of what's going on here. Like you can see what that's the one thing I will say about Disney, what they do with Star Wars and, and with Marvel, too, is you can see when they're laying groundwork for what's to come. You don't know what they're going to do with it, but like the fact that they've mentioned multiple times that other Jedi have survived, right? like they're very low key beating that into your head and they're not going to do that for no reason. They're not just going to put that out there and let it hang there. There that gives them options to do other things later on. They can go, Oh yeah. Do you remember way back in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show? We mentioned this. Well, now that's because now we're seeing this here, you know? Mm-hmm. So the impression that it's none of the heavy hitting Jedi's that are still around except for Obi-Wan and Yoda. You got to look at it from a military priority. It's like, okay, these are the priority targets that we're going to make sure we get. And then here's the, the people we really want to get. And here's the people that it's like, yeah, we'll get them eventually. Yeah. It makes sense though. Cause you, you got to figure there was thousands of Jedi throughout mm-hmm. the galaxy, you know? So a lot of them probably did the whole Yoda Obi-Wan thing and went, screw this, I'm in hiding. I'm still in the court that, that Mace Windu could very much still be alive because they've established that Jedi can fall from great heights and still be able to land with no problem. Yeah, we've established that people can get cut in half and still survive. Um, Exactly. So it's not at all a far stretch for Mace Windu to still be out there somewhere. And if we don't get a Marcellus Walker Mace Windu reappearance with one hand, I'm going to be pissed at some point. I want to I'm talk. I was gonna say I want to talk about the uh, the Inquisitors. I like the idea of the Inquisitors, but there's just some things about the Inquisitors that I don't like. I don't like the wet leather fetish costumes that they all att- are wearing. I don't like the fact that it's they make the the Inquisitors aliens just to make them weirder, like so they can have these weird mannerisms. In the old canon, the Inquisitors were all human. 
there were no alien inquisitors. Um, I like yeah, the because the Empire had a distrust for anything non-human, right? Um, I like that scene when they're in the they're in the cantina on Tatooine and the Inquisitors talking about like you you don't have to hunt for the Jedi because the Jedi hunt themselves is like they always leave a trail behind them of they help somebody and the story gets out and that's what they're tracking like that was just masterful writing that whole part is that mm-hmm. their nature compels them to help and that is what eventually betrays them. And then you see Obi-Wan hiding, and the way that he's continued to hide is that he's completely turned his back on the teachings of the Jedi. He helps no one other than, like, you maybe helping Luke from the shadows. But for the most part, he's so just... So what you're saying is we have yet another example of a defeated Jedi Master that's cut themselves off from the Force. Yeah, it's almost like it's a trope or something at this point. Well, that's how you survive not being found, because you don't leave any yeah. ripples in the Force. Ooh, and you could even put in that it's they've put themselves in such a mindset of despair that it, may, it doesn't register or, or, like, put out the same waves in the Force... Because it's they're so defeated, um, but That's then possible. then I was talking with somebody at my uh, somebody at my work, and they're like, "Man, it didn't make any sense why uh, the one Inquisitor killed the Grand Inquisitor. How are you going to do that? Like he's in this, the Rebels cartoon." I'm like, "Yeah, he's no, not dead. No, no." <laughs> There's a there is. Do we know that that's actually the same character? Well, yeah, that's yes. what I told him. Is that there is a Grand Inquisitor? It's a title. It's not not the same. Um, exactly. Yeah, and no, they have, Disney is our, one absolutely confirmed that gets, that's him. Uh, oh, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the big twist to it. Like, because he doesn't die till in Rebels, which takes place later. I was that's about true. to say, but uh, you know, getting lightsaber through the torso is not a wound that you really walk away from. Well, you don't Assuming know what that. They're... Their but anatomy alien, might not be the same. Exactly. You don't know what the aliens, what if they have regenerative qual. We don't know anything about that. I am race. going to be super salty if he lives. Like, like, nope. That's the coup de gras shot. Uh, there, there's no coming back from that. That he has to internal organs and spinal cord. You don't fix that. He's a main character in Rebels, so I'm sure. Well, if, if you can cut a person in half and they still come back after falling down this big, huge thing. And I'm a little... dismember somebody and chuck them into a volcano. I was going to say, yeah. and I'm still a little salty about Darth Maul surviving. It's like, mm, no, that was kind of a fatal... Yeah. I will give you that. Um, I will give you that. But hey, it's Star Wars. Yeah. So... And it's like, well, uh, my coworker was saying, well, why did she kill him? And I'm like, because she's a... She's a dark Jedi. That's how you yeah. advance. That's you what kill. They do. That's, how, <laughs> that's called job advancement. Yeah, that, yes. that that is how you get ahead in the the dark Jedi order. You kill somebody and take their spot. We've established this. If it, if he's not dead, the only way that they can retcon that, but they've already said he's that character. So I don't know how because if they're they we already know that they're relying on rebels because they announced this week at the Star Wars last week at the Star Wars celebration. That the Ahsoka show is basically just going to be Rebels picking up from where it left off. They've already named most of the casting for that show. They haven't named who's going to play Ezra yet. 
uh, there's there's rumors about Grand Animal Thrawn, but what they've said is everybody that was in Rebels is coming back. All of the characters are coming back. It's just a matter of who's going to play them. Even, um, what's her name, the pilot of the Ghost, she's going to be much older in age now, but she's coming back as well. All of those characters are coming back. So you can't take a show like Rebels, take everything from that show, have one of the major characters get killed in a live-action show, and then not bring them back when they're basing so much of what's going to happen off of Rebels. Am I making sense here? <laughs> no, you are. Absolutely. So I don't, I don't know how they're going to do that. But going back to what I was saying earlier, I think primarily what Kenobi is, because we all know that that Kenobi and Vader are going to have lightsaber duels. They're going to meet back up. They've made no secret about that whatsoever. We know, we know what things are going to happen in that show, and we know ultimately how it's going to end. So the only other reason you'd be doing a show like this is you have to have stuff in between as filler. So I can see, especially with what's coming up down the road now, where it's going to create an opportunity for other Jedis to come back into canon again and be like, oh, yeah, I survived Order 66. Grogu survived Order 66. Mm-hmm. So I think that's primarily what this show is setting up. But in the meantime... You know, it's just it's giving us a story that like it's 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 doing a really good job of giving the older guys like me, you know, more completion to the story. Plus, this is tapping into the second generation of Star Wars, the first generation of Star Wars, which is the original movies. Then you had the prequels. That was the next generation of Star Wars. As much as I didn't think this prequels were all that great, there's a whole generation of people out there that that was their Star Wars. I was going to say, again, it's not necessarily built with us in mind. Exactly. So what they're doing with this show is they're tying those two universes together. But you still have a bunch of grumpy old farts, you know, that are like, ah, I can't watch anything past the original three movies. Okay, fine, go away. Then don't. Yeah, <laughs> then I was going to say, yes. then don't. So going back to Obi-Wan, um, what do you guys have for predictions for how the show is going to end or what do you think is going to happen by the end of the show outside of the obvious things that, you know, Obi-Wan's well, going to end up back well, on Tatooine, etc. Well, before we, go, before we go to predictions, there, there's other one other subject I want to touch on, and that is the actress who plays young Leia is amazing. I don't know, oh, yes. like, yes. the combination of the writing for her and the way she's portraying it, I see Carrie Fisher in every movement. She also does a very good do- job. There's a lot of things that she does where I go, wow, she's acting just like her mom. You know, she's got a yep. lot of anim- Amidala in her yeah, as well. Yeah, like, yep. you're talking about two monster actresses who portrayed older version of her and her mother, and she's mm-hmm. just kind of, like, nailing it. And she's the linchpin between those two performances. She really is. Yeah. And the fact and that she's, what, 10? The fact that she's pulling that off at 10. Like, that's a monster chops for a little kid. And I will say something else, too. This is another thing. Like, you can definitely tell that the writing is different. It has the spirit of Lucas in it, but it's not Lucas's writing. Because a lot of the problem that the guy who played Anakin before, that kid, a lot of it is the funky dialogue oh, yeah, that yeah. Lucas would make these people mm-hmm. read. Yeah, I got to give, honestly, a lot of credit to Deborah Chow as the director because she is pulling out performances that I wouldn't expect from Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Like, where she gets Uncle Owen. I've never been as interested in Uncle Owen as I have been in just these couple scenes that he's been in this show. Yeah. Yeah. These people get it. You know, these these are people. These are people that were, were fans of Star Wars that get what Star Wars should be 
And they've given them the reins to say, here, go do this. Right. You know, I would love to see Ron Howard's daughter. I would love for them to be like, all right, you you can handle the movies now. Of all of the directors that they've brought in, she is every, everything that Ron Howard's daughter, what Bryce Howard, is that her name? I think it's Bryce. Yeah, Bryce, yeah, Bryce, Bryce. Howard. Everything that she has done, every every episode of anything to do with Star Wars that she has done, she has been spot on great. And Deborah Chow is the same way. Yep. And I mean, I don't I don't mean to sound weird or mushy or but I think it's pretty cool that chicks are coming along and doing a really good job with Star Wars because all our lives, Star Wars has been primarily a dude thing. Chicks are into Star Wars, but you've never had a chick come in and do Star Wars. It, it probably wouldn't be as condescending if you referred to them as women and not as chicks. I get that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going for full condescension it's here, like, but it is. I just got to say how wonderful it is that these chicks are in Star Wars. It's like, <laughs> it's like these broads are directing this here Star Wars thing and they're doing fucking great. I mean, who would have thought it, you know? But... <laughs> I mean it with full respect. I really do. And you got Patty Jenkins is going to be coming up and doing the the uh, Rogue Squadron thing, which, eh, you know, I'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes. I don't even it's know. She's made some good movies. There is yeah. nothing I want in this world as much as I want Rogue Squadron movies. That's it. That's all I want. That's all I've wanted out of Star Wars since, like, 1995 when I was reading Star Wars Expanded Universe novels. I want a fucking Rogue Squadron movie or TV show. That's it. That's all I'm, I'm curious about Rogue Squadron, though. We know it's coming, but what era is it going to be set in? Is it going to be set in the time of the old Star Wars? Is it going to be set in Mandalorian timeline Star Wars? Is I would. Be set in the most what recent? I, I was going to say, what I would actually love to see is a post-sequel trilogy show of Old Man Wedge Antilles and Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron building a rogue squadron for whatever they're calling the After the New Republic. Like, I really, really doubt that Oscar Isaac's going to come back. I though. was just thinking the same thing. I, like, even even the chick that played, um, I said the word chick again, yes, I know. <laughs> you did. But um, what's her name that played uh, Ray? Even she, like, after Star Wars, she, she pretty much vanished from social media because again, of the beating that she took, which she didn't deserve. No. You know? Uh, Daisy Ridley, she is a wonderful, wonderful human being. I totally want a Daisy Ridley series. Here's the thing, and I have said this before, is that when Disney shows up at your door with a literal, not figurative, a literal dump truck full of money and says, hey, will you come back to Star Wars? Yeah, a lot of people might come back to Star Wars. I don't know, man. I, I, if they can get Harrison Ford in for two movies, I'm willing to yeah. lean more toward John's argument. Yeah, I mean, we are talking enough zeros that if you put that into physical money, it fills a dump truck. Well, here's the thing, though. How many people, how many people do you think would come back for a Daisy Ridley sequel? You know, like... I would say... Daisy Ridley and more of those people may be inclined to come back to a Bryce Howard-led project or a Dave Fellini-led project. Absolutely. Where it's more of these people who are doing the TV shows that have a kind of ingrained love of Star Wars. And the more important thing about the TV shows, I think, than the movies is... When they're making these TV shows, there is not the same pressure that there is with the movies. 
Because with these movies, the amount of money that Disney was putting into these projects, it was, man, this thing's got to make a billion dollars or it's not going to be solvent. Between production cost, between uh, marketing, between all of this, that movie had to make a million dollars, or excuse me, a billion dollars just to be financially solvent. See, and there was I, this... I'm looking, I'm looking to play devil's advocate and make an argument with you here, but I can't because I'm curious as to how much the cost of producing a Disney plus Star Wars show is versus producing a Star Wars movie. Because I would I would think that there's just as much production cost that goes into those shows as they do in the movies. Believe, believe it or not... I'm willing to bet that they would save a shitload of money on distribution. Oh yeah. um, it's... The the production costs of one of the Disney Plus shows is less by like an order of magnitude. You're talking these Disney Plus series are being made for like a $50 million budget where a Star Wars film is being made on a $500 million budget. You were literally again, talking about an order of magnitude. I'm going to be that guy that says, how come these shows are so much better than these movies then. Because, again, it, exactly what I was saying before, there is not as much pressure. Like, these are made with smaller production crews. It's not like episode seven, you're making this giant set out in the desert that you have to fly 150 to 200 people. And yeah, each they got the, the wrapper on screen now. Yeah, yeah, and all of these people are out in the desert for eight hours a day to maybe film ten minutes of footage, and the well, co the cost of that. They're not filming around the globe. They're not filming on location at some island in Ireland. Can I say one other thing, though? I will say that they are really getting their money's worth out of that Tatooine set. Oh, yeah. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's been used in every Disney Plus Star Wars show that they've made. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it has. It, it, yeah. It, it's it's They move it around a little bit, but it, it, it's been used in everything. And I will, so... I will bet dollars to donuts it's going to somehow appear in uh, Andor. They may paint it so it, it's not a desert, but it, those buildings are still going to be in Andor. Um, because that same set is the set they used for um, the Mandalorian, the town where they are. They just use oh, yeah. they just use black sand instead of uh, desert like tan sand. Well, he went uh, and the Mandalorian went to Tatooine several times, mm -hmm. and um, and the buildings are all the same. Exactly, it's so, like that one street on the Disney lot that in every single movie because it's just this physical street they built for filming movies mm -hmm. or so, how it, uh, or how in star I mean, in star trek there's one hallway and just x junctions out in a couple of ways and they just keep continuous film walking through it from different directions like i'm really wondering is it going to show up in the ahsoka show because we know it's coming back for boba fett season two obviously so have they confirmed boba fett season two um i do not I, know I think Favreau did at the Star Wars celebration because he also confirmed that Mandalorian season four is coming. So they've they've season four. Yeah, well, they've they, yeah. Um, Favreau confirmed. Um, that's at, new because the they had said previously that uh, season three was the last season that was going to close it. No, they're doing season four. He confirmed it. I, I'll find. I don't know where the article is right now, but when I find it, I will send it to you. So. I'm not, that doesn't surprise me though. You know, it's, it's, it's a cash cow, you know, 
I well, I think, and I read somewhere again. I don't have now. This one I don't have specific facts on for sure. But all of these Disney shows, with the exception of Andor, of course, and Obi Wan Kenobi, are all supposed to tie together in the end, like in a like in an Avengers kind of thing, where all of these things are all going to come together. All these characters from all from the show are all going to come together for some kind of epic climactic battle of some kind. So you're going to have the Mandalorian, you're going to have Ahsoka, you're going to have Boba Fett, you're going to have all of these. Not, I said with the exception of Obi-Wan and Andor, oh, because okay, they take okay. place in different time zones and time periods. But I think that you're going to see things in Andor and Obi-Wan that, that are going to tie into the larger yeah, picture. Yeah, they're going to leave they're going to leave seeds there which will grow into things later on. So that wouldn't surprise me. But um, John's probably feverishly trying to find Mandalorian season four. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> but that yeah they they've confirmed that uh, season four is coming. You know we'll see what happens. And hey, it's again it's a cash cow. You know people want Mandalorian. They want more Grogu. They want Baby Yoda. They want, and so do I. As long as it keeps getting written well, you know, as long as there's still stories stories to tell and and this, these shows are being written good, uh, wrote good. Very curious about. Ahsoka. It's weird though because like when we were watching Boba Fett and uh, The Mandalorian where Ahsoka shows up, my wife being old school Star Wars, she's seen the movies but she's never watched any of the cartoons or anything like that. And I'm sitting here geeking out going, yeah, that was that was Obi-Wan's Padawan. I mean, uh, that was Anakin's Padawan. And my wife's like, he didn't have one. I'm like, he did, but it happened in this cartoon and this here and that there and the final episode of The Clone Wars, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm trying to explain it to her. And I'm kind of bummed because it was such a great character and everything, but it wasn't in the movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm really surprised they haven't made any kind of a reference to her thus far in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, and I was sure that they would because her show was coming up, and what a better way... I was going to say, there's only, well, three, but two episodes. I mean, there's there's time. I, I would hope that they make some kind of reference to her or something at some point. So... Now, speaking of apprentices of Anakin's, Jake came up with a pretty interesting theory that, uh, I can't remember her proper name, but third sister is essentially yeah. going to be the new continuities version of star killer from force awakens i fully believe she, the you know, prediction where she's going to be vader's apprentice i fully believe that she is going to get killed i i think that she, oh yeah yeah absolutely she is by, by the oh end of the series, see she's die. i think i think she's going to get a redemption arc because okay i haven't seen episode three in episodes one and two, the way they're talking about her and they refer to how she's not one of the Inquisitors, how she came via another path, I think it is going to be revealed that she was a Jedi and she turned. Or she was a youngling that they found that was young enough that they could turn. And I, I think she turned to the dark side. And I think by the end of this series, she may get a redemption arc. Um, and she may die at the end of that redemption arc, but I honestly think through facing Obi-Wan and learning about what happened and the truth, I think she wants Obi-Wan and it's like a revenge thing. Like they have taught her, drilled into her this falsehood that the Jedi were evil and the Jedi abandoned them. And then that's how they turned her to the dark side and made her hate the Jedi. And he's going to tell her that no, it was... Anakin who betrayed the Jedi 
But I, I agree on- with you, and I will take it one step further. I will say I, I agree with you 100%, actually. she Her redemption arc will lead to her death, but I think that she is going to figure out that either Leia is Anakin, is Anakin's daughter, or Luke is, is Anakin's son. And she's going to make the choice to keep her mouth shut and not say anything. And it's going to be like, did you find Obi-Wan Kenobi? No, he got away, and Vader's just going to cut her down, and that's going to be the end of it. She's going to figure out, wait a minute, those are his kids, and she realizes what will happen if those kids are found. Because I think she was a youngling at the temple, and she was converted over to an Inquisitor. Yeah. Well, I kind of thought weren't very subtle about the fact that she was a young lean with that opening scene at the exactly. temple. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, I, I didn't, I don't, I'll have to rewatch it. I didn't see any of the younglings that would have portrayed as her character. One of the little girls, it's possible. The only reason why I think that might not be the case is those younglings were maybe 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Well, third sister looks like she's older than 20. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I can't say anything because I've already seen episode three and you guys haven't. So I don't want to say one way or another about your theories. So <laughs> it's a little harder for me because there's things that happen in the show where, again, I'm like, oh, that's a hint to something else that's going on. So yeah, it's it's difficult for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, John, I think you're right. I I, I think that her, she's going to get a redemption arc and I think she's going to die at the end of that redemption arc. And that will be her redemption arc is realizing what's going on and keeping her mouth shut or doing something that sacrifices her to keep the secret secret. Yeah. Can we also give them a shout out to uh, the fact that flea is now star Wars canon? Yes. yes. I'm like, yes, I know that guy. That guy looks so familiar. Who? It's like, it's like, <laughs> oh, I knew who he was right away. In fact, I all but jumped out of my chair when I saw him. It's like, holy shit. It's flea. He, a little disappointed yeah. that he was wearing more than a sock. Right. <laughs> but he played the character really well. He, he played a sleazeball really good. I was going to say, I knew I knew he would eventually lose Leia, because after a while, he was just going to give it away, give it away, give it away now. <laughs> Thanks, folks. You'll be here all week. Try the prime rib. Uh, Make sure to tip your waitresses. That was an interesting cameo, but it's like, you know, I'm so happy that like all these stars get to like live out their fantasies of being in Star Wars. Uh, like we got, we got Danny Trejo in Star Wars now. We got Flea in Star Wars. Well, the very first thing that they did on Disney Plus was uh, a Brian Posehn uh, cameo. Oh yeah, Brian Posehn, Horatio Sands. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? It's like you said when Disney shows up at your door and says, "We have a part for you in this show. Would you take it?" Hell yeah! I, I would ask how much they expect me to pay them to do it. Right. The season finale of, of The Mandalorian, where it was, oh shit, we need more stormtroopers. Hey, can anybody from the 501st be here? And everybody <laughs> just shows up, yeah. Gondor calls for aid, and Rohan will answer. Oh, shit, speaking of the 501st, do we want to talk about uh, Tamiya Morrison's cameo? What? Go ahead. As the clone trooper? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. God, that was depressing. Yeah. yeah. I kind of expected that, though, because now that they've brought him back, there, there's, I mean, he could come back as Rex, which we already know that they're going to because they said they were going to. But I was going to say, if everybody in Rebels is coming back, it would only make sense. Well, yeah. and they have canonically established that Rex made it to Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, he was running around the background. That's right. Good call on that one. Well, there was an extra that 
loosely looked like he could have been, and then they just kind of steered Rex's character arc so that he began to fill in that actor. You know, and I like that they did that. They didn't have to do that. But again, that's one of those things where it's like, hey, you know what? This will work. That's a good fan idea. Sure, that's what it is now. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. So, um, again, the right people are manning the helm, the ones that are the true fans, you know? And I love the fact that because they used him as that clone trooper, Obi-Wan is one of the very few people who would know exactly what a real clone trooper would look like and not just somebody wearing clone trooper armor and saying, oh, yeah, I was a trooper in the war, that he mm-hmm. recognizes that. And still, even after everything, it's, they were just another tool that was pushed aside. And it's like when he's walking along and he looks over and sees the guy sitting in the alley, like Obi-Wan just looks at him, and that's yet another decision he has to make to stay into hiding, to be like, oh, man, because he served with those people. Mm-hmm. You know, those, yeah. are, those are the people that served underneath him. So just to throw just to throw that little nod into the show was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. And, and, and Kamal Nanjiani as the not-Jedi. Yes, yes. He was my favorite part of Eternals, and, like, just him being in Star Wars just makes me even so much happier. Yeah, yeah, he's playing the sleazeball with the heart of gold. Mm Mm-hmm. I was, oh, that's right, you guys didn't see episode three, so I can't talk about something that happened in the show. Yes, we haven't seen episode three. (laughs) I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I know, I'm not trying to hold it against you. There's a part in the show where they're like, okay, get to, here to this point, and this person will meet up with you. And I'm like, if this person is the person that I think it's going to be, that's going to be pretty fucking funny. But it wasn't, so moving on. I was going <laughs> to say, to give a frame of reference, this episode is being recorded on the 1st of June when episode three went live this morning. And, you know, some of us had to work and then come yep. and record this podcast, so we didn't yep. have time to sit down and watch the episode. It's okay. I, I understand. I, I, you know, I just think that some of the stuff we'd be talking about would be a little bit different if we saw it, but not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we have kind of chewed up almost a whole hour talking about just Obi-Wan. So is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Talk when... about the LARPing, the, the American LARPing real quick. Oh my God. Yes. 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 Okay. I am, I am a connoisseur of internet weirdness. I shouldn't say internet weirdness. I am a connoisseur of weird culture. If it's weird, you're all about it. So, like, just, just like, weird festivals, stuff like that. Um, So, one of the things that ran across my feeds was in Poland, and apparently in Europe, LARPing is a big deal. Like, they do really involved LARPing, uh, live-action role-playing. Um, but not like the same way we think of LARPing. We think of LARPing as like, oh. A bunch of dorks in the forest. A bunch of dorks in the forest dressed up as elves, throwing bags of glitter at each other, going, magic missile, magic missile, magic missile. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt, death. In Europe, the two really famous ones I remember was a uh, group rented out a decommissioned Swedish battleship. And did a weekend-long Battlestar Galactica LARP inside the battleship. Um, Oh, that's gnarly. Dude, that's amazing. Like, I would have loved to have done that. Then there was another another one where it was a group of people rented out a castle. and, And as much as I bemoan it, they did a Harry Potter LARP inside a castle. Um, you know what? Really cool. Don't 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 rip on the Harry Potter LARPers. You know, 
you know what? We just spent an hour talking about two episodes of a Star Wars show. I ain't yeah. gonna. I'm not yeah, gonna exactly. criticize any other fandom out there. Uh, I just hate Harry Potter so much, and I hate J.K. Rowling's even more. I love the fact that it's come out that she's a garbage human being, and it's just like, okay, yeah, now, now. Now it's okay to hate her. I hated her before, but mainly so just so you're kind of, you're kind of on the same page that I am with Will Smith, where I've hated him for years and years and years, and everybody's finally catching up to me. Yeah, I've I've hated Will Smith. I think since shortly after Bad Boys, um, that was the last he, thing he did that I really enjoyed. I don't think I even made it to Bad Boys because I could tell that he's the type who'll play the same character again and again and again. Unless he's chasing after an Oscar. I hate the fact that J.K. Rowling like tried to put herself on the same pedestals as really accomplished authors like Stephen King and uh, J.R. Tolkien and like the pillars of the writing community. And it's like you wrote seven young adult books that weren't terribly like in like pillars of literature and and you want to say that you're the second coming of the greatest fantasy writer of all time no well to be fair no. she did do a lot she did get a lot of people back into reading she got a lot of people into fantasy i'm not and, def- yeah i can't defend her as a person but as a writer i mean she I'll did be- a job she's an okay writer she's not like she cr- she literally created an entire world which isn't as easy as it sounds. No. So I I don't even remember where this came across uh, one of my feeds, but this was a group of people in Poland who on the 4th of July last year got together and did an American LARP. These people LARPed America on the 4th of July. And now- it... When you say America, is it like the stereotypical ugly American or the actually burnt out? It is America. Like, I I have never seen so much denim in a concentrated area since the 90s. Think of, like, you have to look at it the same way. Like, this is the way you have to look at it. It is these people are LARPing what media has portrayed to them that what Americans are and their personification of it. It's the same thing as what a lot of people do in America on Cinco de Mayo. We dress up, pretend to be of Mexican descent. We wear clothing. Yeah, we wear funny sombreros. We are becoming a caricature of what we think their society is. And these people are becoming a caricature of what they think America society is. So they rented out a trailer park. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody's wearing denim. Lots of cowboy hats. We're definitely going with a, uh, like, southern theme. There lots were... Of, of, uh, of, of uh, rebel flags. Yeah, lots of rebel flags. There were uh, prayer revivals where, like, people were pretending to be, like, old-school southern Baptist and, like, talking to Jesus and putting their hands up in the air and testifying. There were people going door to door like they were Jehovah's Witnesses. Really, it looked like Walmart on a Friday night down in Kentucky. Like, these people were committed to playing the part of what they thought life in America really is. 
Um, but okay, with, but with a little bit... Where'd, but, where'd they get the guns? Believe it or not, they had guns. Like, there's scenes of, of people... Sh- yeah. Um, and, and you can get guns in Europe. It's just very regulated. So, like, they, they were shooting shotguns. Uh, they were shooting revolvers. No AR-15s. But, yeah, there, there, were, there were scenes of people Budweiser, out in the woods just sh- shooting guns. Um, and there, there's two people dressed up as Walter White and, like, uh, what the other guy... <laughs> In like the white bunny suits, do like pushing barrels, like they're cooking meth. Mm-hmm. Um, there were police raids of people in like uh, attack vests and everything with shotguns. Like they were the police storming a house because these are what these people see on TV and think that this is America all the time. And sometimes it is. Um, there I was. Like they're not that wrong. Yeah, they're they're not that wrong. A suburb and a couple of malls. They're not that far off. Yeah, uh, there was like a fake car chase. Uh, There were people like there were gunshot victims where people had like makeup on that they had been shot and were like hanging out of cars. Um, All right, that's that's where it kind of draws the line. Well, no, 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 tastelessness. No, 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 no. You have to remember. This is still a LARP. There is still a story. There are still characters. They are playing out a narrative. Um, now, okay, I thought I thought you meant that they went specifically dressed as gunshot. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, again, I don't have a ton of information on it. Um, there was a Facebook post um, with like over three hundred pictures. So I'm kind of pulling narrative out of the pictures. Um, it, it, like there, there was some, some like information, but it's all in Polish and that's not something that translates e- easily through Google translate. But yeah, like I would love, like just everything about it. Like it, at night they're just lighting off fireworks and dancing around and drinking beers and like people playing guitars and I'm sure there's hillbilly music going on or, or, or like, they're all listening to the 90s playlist of country music. Um, at, the, at one point, there was a parade where they had, like, an American... Like, somebody's wearing a sash like they were the Queen of America. Um, like, or they had won a beauty pageant or something. And, like, I don't know if that was the winner of the costume contest or what. But it's just... Like, looking at this from a completely abject eye and, like, just as what other people see of America and that they kind of want to emulate it, but there's also this little tongue-in-cheek to it. It's just, it's amazing. And I love it. And I I want to participate. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not... They're basically LARPing Florida is what they're doing. I would say Texas. They're LARPing Texas. This was Uh, definitely... Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, LARP of Fourth of July is a morality drama about the lost American dream. It is a story about hope, about a small homeland searching for one's place in the community. Uh, the United States of America declared independence, newcomers from the old continent, welcome to create a new state of America, built on democracy, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, I can't find out too much about it other than here's pictures of it happening. Yeah. But apparently there is like there is some kind of a scenario. It's about a small town and something happens in this small town and the town is the LARP. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what I'm saying is like this isn't just them 
making fun of America. It's it's still a LARP. There's still everybody's playing a character and everybody's a part of the narrative. Yeah. And there is a story that's advancing. And I'd love I'd love to know the story about it. Um, like, but could you imagine, like, if they did that, but added in, like, some Appalachian folklore horror elements to it? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. Well, that... I mean, all they'd have to do is have, what is it, the, Pente- it's not Pentecostal, that handles the snakes. Yeah, those are, those are, those are Southern uh, Evangelical Pentecostals, the snake handlers. It kind of writes itself from there. Yeah, that's, that's a whole different world. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a little bit of, of... I know a little bit about that for, through family members. Let's see here. I'm trying to find something. Uh, American LARP is national national metaphor. Uh, I'm trying to find like what the scenario and stuff was to these pictures and everything. Yeah, but, they, I'm but not it's, finding anything. Every year they do the the Battle of Nations, where it's the people who do full contact, like sword fighting and all that. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things is there's an American team. And all the other countries that compete, because this is a medieval competition, they all have their heraldry from that their period or that that period of their nation's history. But America didn't exist then, so the American team got to make up like all their own heraldry, all their own stories. Again, this is another sociological, cultural thing that kind of fascinates me and its weirdness that, like, we got to make up our own fake history about a medieval America. I can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, all I am filled with is a little bit of envy that I don't speak Polish and have a visa. I know. I know. In, in Poland, there is a LARP group at Fourth of July LARP that role plays as contemporary Americans. They just come together, show off their Americanish outfits, and act in various scenarios that they imagine would happen in the USA. It's brilliant. Real Americans, please let us know in the comments if they got it right. But it doesn't. It shows you what like there's a guy getting arrested by what looks like a Texas cop. Um, there's obviously a trailer park, trailer park trash woman. Uh, bullshit free zone. Yeah, <laughs> sign. Yeah. Um, My favorite one is the meekish man sitting on the couch with a shiner. <laughs> and got a sign saying "God bless America," but the A and the R I C A are very dim, but the M and E are very prominent. God bless me. Uh, <laughs> United we stand. Keep out. It's so really many red hats. So yeah. many red baseball hats. What I'm trying to figure out is I'm looking at the one where they have, let's see, one, two, three, four pairs of boxing gloves on a clothesline. Oh, yeah, because they did, like, they did a outdoor boxing, like, just, like, everybody getting drunk, and there's a, a like, a, a, they set up a boxing ring and having, like, a late-night boxing match. Uh, here's a... <laughs> I love what the, com- the comment says, nice try, but not fat enough. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here's a lady dressed up as a cop, but she ends up uh, looking more like Joe Exotic. <laughs> I'm confused. Oh, photos of people pretending to be Americans. I just see a bunch of back. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I believe I, I saw this a few weeks ago. I believe I posted it in the old nerds drinking Facebook group. I will try to uh, repin this post to the top. So if any of our listeners want to take a look at it, it is it is interesting, and I love it. I just love it. I, and if they and and 
yes, this is very much uh, targeted at like Southern America, but like this could easily be like a Midwest LARP, and 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 it would be making fun of us as Midwesterners, and I That's would be. That's what I'm saying. You need suburbs in a mall. Yeah, <laughs> and I would be just as much about this, like. I love everything about this, and, and I, I can't gush about it enough. I just wonder if we showed up, if they'd be offended that they were there, that we were there. Well, oh, they might. I'm thinking that we would probably be the kings of that lark. Uh, it's like I have found my people. <laughs> no, no, we're not here to make fun of you. We're here to praise you and your accuracy. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Yeah, so if or if anybody out there knows somebody who knows somebody who who has a connection to this, please get in touch with us because I want to learn everything about this. Completely unironically, I am fascinated. Yes, I, I can't say I would disagree. I would I would love to talk to somebody from whoever runs this and be like, so what's the story about this? <laughs> but I think this is a good place to to wrap it up now. Um, so Rojan, where can we find you? Uh, if all goes as planned, I'll be firing my show back up this weekend and you can find me over at projectarchivist.com, the home of the wonderful, the weird and the strange. Tom, where can the people find you? Uh, well, you can listen to me on a little show called someone's favorite movie. Uh, there are a lot of movies out there and every movie that you can think of is someone's favorite. Oh man. I, I have a couple. I have a couple. I, I was going to say, with uh, this little film club that you guys are doing, we got to figure out some kind of crossover. Oh, the, the Cinema Labad? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that's actually not John. That's me and another buddy of mine. Oh, okay. We got together and just started. We started with the Star Wars Christmas special, and then it just went from there. And now we just find, on our spare time, we get together um, and we watch really bad B-rate movies and laugh and have a good time. It's turned into a really interesting, fun little project. I would do a podcast on it if I could, but that's not going to happen. But I've had quite a few people say, hey, I might be interested in having you on my show to talk about some of these movies. Well, so you that got might another happen. one tonight. Yeah, I could do something. I'd be I'd be available to try something. Okay. Now, have you guys watched uh, Surf Part 2? No. Uh, well, just to give you an idea, uh, there is no Surf Part 1, and it's the first rule that eric stoltz ever got oh my god okay. so so it's like leonard part six but there's no leonard part one through five yes oh um that, that sounds about right yeah like troll two which has nothing to do with troll one they just called it troll two to cash in on the troll franchise correct and yeah. just imagine every early 1980s southern california surf sex comedy cliche rolled into one combined with uh, nuclear monsters. Oh man, I'm going to have to introduce uh, Tom for your show. We're going to have to talk about uh, the pirate movie, one of one of my favorite movies. Um, and Rojan, on your show, we're going to have to watch through Six String Samurai. Ooh, okay. Um, oh, I know. I think tomorrow night we're we're on deck to watch another Andy Sadaris film. So if not that, there's a couple of other ones we got going. The, the best ones that I've watched recently, I finally broke down and watched Rubber, which was far, far, far better of a movie than I ever assumed it would be. And Lamageddon 2 is up there as one of my favorites. Uh, Samurai Cop, Birdemic. No, Samurai uh, Cop, man. Uh. Yeah, I've seen Samurai Cop 2. 
Uh, God, we've watched so, so, so many. Yeah, Plan yeah. Plan 9 from Outer Space, obviously. Yeah, we're... we're Reefer Madness. We're, we're going to have to sit down. I know I've got uh, I know I've got a file of Six String Samurai. I don't know if there's anywhere you can watch it, but yeah. Um, I can find it. It is a post-apocalyptic movie. Um, I don't know if it was filmed in Australia. I think it was. So, like, part of the whole Mad Max craze. And it's about a uh, gentleman who is try with a uh, who is playing the guitar, and also a master of the katana, who is trying to get to Las Vegas so that he can compete to be the king of Las Vegas. We just recently watched, for whatever reason, that made me remember that we just recently rewatched Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, Buckaroo! Dude, I have the sequel book. I have uh, Buckaroo Banzai. They they finally published. What was supposed to be the script for the second movie, they novelized it and made it uh, and published it as a book by Dark Horse. And it's Buckaroo Banzai Against the World Crime League. Now, well, Kevin Smith was supposed uh, to make Yeah. Yeah. Is that the one that he was working on? No clue. That was the. They had intended to make a sequel of it. And then Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Uh, Kevin Smith's a stoner. He gets in his mind that he wants to do all these projects, but then he has to remember that, wait, I need somebody in Hollywood to give me money to do them. And then it never goes anywhere. Yeah, I'm still really disappointed that he never did hit somebody. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, thanks, guys, for showing, and we'll uh, hopefully appear on everybody else's podcasts uh, now that we've we've shared our interests in everything. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and with that end of line over did you say over nothing is over until we decide it is was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor hell no German forget it he's rolling and it ain't over now so what's the plan take on Go to Mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. Might as well write them off. Let's close up the bridge. Let's get out of here. Close it up, lights out. Where are you headed, cowboy? Nowhere special. Nowhere special. I always wanted to go there. We're going streaking! Yeah! All right, come on. Nothing to see here. Please disperse. Nothing to see here. Please.